Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. Hey, I'm Johnny. I'm a uh, creator of a fantastic email about productivity and positivity called The Venture Out. And I'm Bo, Buck Mason. <laughs> That's right. Forget that Mason guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buck Buckham all the way. To Back. Get out of here. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Uh, it's the Junto Show. Um, back here talking with my buddies about the most beautiful and important things in the world. You guys got any uh, experiences you want to share with the audience? Uh, well, I do want to say that for my <laughs> intro, uh, what I usually do is I say my name and then I just look things around the room and then I, <laughs> I just like, say that. So it's what's like, Buck Mason? So, uh, I don't know, actually. It's a yeah. magazine. It's, it's a uh, brand of clothing that uh, I've been wearing, actually. Yeah, so. you switched from seven for all, not seven for all mankind. You were wearing Express. B- blue for all. Uh, United by Blue. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it's there too, but I think United by Blue is it. It does a great cause for every uh, whatever clothing item you buy from them. They remove a pound of trash from the ocean, so I support that. Uh, but Buck That's, Mason, it's a uh, it's kind of like a trendy, but uh, very um, what do you call it? Like very timeless style. Hmm. It's a very just solid, plain looking type clothes but just well constructed hopefully okay, okay but how much does uh any random item in there cost um, okay so we're gonna go with the <laughs> everybody knows you're rich we're gonna go with the sweatpants <laughs> these okay. are some dark navy sweatpants mm-hmm. uh they're called brushed loopback trouser Ooh. yeah but they look like sweatpants to me how much are the sweatpants uh well i'm dabbling in the 200 dollars pants uh game myself so i'm gonna say these sweatpants are buck 15 Okay, they're 85. Ah, okay, there you so, go. So, a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And we have, uh, <laughs> let's see, one <laughs> other <laughs> item. <laughs> I'm just going to go to uh, this uh, page over here. For Christmas, I'm asking for $200 pants. <laughs> okay, stretch. we're going to go with the uh, denim uh, two-pocket field shirt. Actually, no, let me let me go with this one. The bruiser bomber jacket. Oh, a bomber jacket. Mm, mm, black. Yeah. yeah, black, the coolest of colors. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say this bomber jacket is... $225. Ooh, I'm going to oh. say 275 Ooh, $495. Ooh. Yeah. Anytime it's... Does it look like it's worth it? Uh, no, <laughs> man. That doesn't even look like a... Well, I guess that's a brown one, the bomber jacket there, but yeah, it's pretty nice looking stuff. All right. Well, Buck Mason. Hey, looking good. Uh, one of the reasons why... I don't know why we're on this tangent here, but one of the reasons why I started buying a shirt from them, mm-hmm. and their t-shirts are like, I don't know, like 40 bucks almost, but it's got that curved hem. Oh, I like those. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I started seeing that around. I was like, hey, you know what? I think I want to try one or two of those. So yeah, those have those nice slur, uh, curved hems on them. And, uh, <laughs> slurred hems? Yeah, <laughs> slurred hems. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Is, Is that, that to keep it, your, your shirt tucked in whenever you bend over so you don't get plumber's crack and stuff? Who tucks in their t-shirts? Yeah, yeah, no. It's, you no, know, it's okay. Just to look cool. No. Yeah. It looks, like, it, looks, it looks 5% different than the next guy's t-shirt, therefore 20% cooler. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I've got a, um, uh, a thing I've been... Wanted to, I think I'm going to dub it the the rant dumb thought, not random, but rant dumb thought. Okay. <laughs> so I've got a group text going with my family, uh, and like a couple of us have iPhones, a couple of us have Android phones, and so my sisters will send me like little videos of my nieces and nephews playing around, which I love. But if the video is longer than like ten seconds, it turns into this 1980s flip phone old Nokia quality video because I guess the MMS video technology still hasn't progressed past like when it first was introduced and god knows when and and like so i think if you go iMessage to iMessage iphone to iphone android to android then you can use the internet and you can send big files no problem but when you're using the actual mms protocol it still limits like three megabytes of a file or some crap like that yeah and it's trash and i'm just like cell phone companies 
you have all the money in the world and it's 2019, my videos, no matter how long, should be good quality in my cell phone. Fix this. Well, what if you use a different messaging app? Don't other messaging apps kind of allow you to do that? If you're all on the same thing, it, everything works fine. Like if we were all on WhatsApp mm-hmm. or whatever, okay. I think it would be yeah. fine. You could send big files, no problem. Or if you're on Facebook Messenger, which I won't do, then it would be fine. Or if we were all on iPhones, it would be fine. It's the mixing using the native texting app. And that's called MMS? Yeah, multimedia messaging. Mm, sounds like we need some MMA solutions to that. Beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was like multimedia something. I don't know what the A stands for. Acquisition. <laughs> Art. <laughs> Art. <laughs> all right, all right. That's good. That's neither here nor there. But I, it, I don't know. It bugs me. I, it's a bad problem and you guys are all nodding in agreement if, if you're intelligent <laughs> <laughs> alright so uh, we are the Junto show and today is Friday November 15th and the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great the purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals politics and natural philosophy our show is not quite that stuffy but here and there we stumble upon something profound profound between the geeky jokes alright uh you guys got nothing else you want to add? We'll go ahead and get things off with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right, so let's see. Where do we want to start here? All right, uh, I've got a couple of different stories here. Man, my iPad is getting old. It's funny how your iPad gets real oh, old yeah. right with the new iPad software comes But out. lucky for you, Black Friday is right around the corner. All right, so um, there was a study that uh, Microsoft in Japan implemented a four-day work week as a part of a research test, and they boosted productivity by an astounding 40%. What? In Japan? In Japan. Oh, that's so they're already right. maxed out. <laughs> I was going to say, they can get more efficient? <laughs> right. It says Microsoft Japan says it became more efficient in several areas, including lower, lower electricity rates. Uh, its workers took five Fridays off in August. They printed nearly 60% fewer pages. So I'm just like, hey, America, hey, everywhere, especially where I work. Give us Fridays off. <laughs> It'll make be better for everybody. So I wonder, though, was that the stats you were mentioning were in terms of, like, uh, utilities, uh, supplies? What about the actual output of the company? So you're thinking productivity should go up. Yeah, yeah I mean, productivity. Or at least be the same. Yeah, productivity to me equates to, I don't know what those people were doing, with generating more ideas, generating new products, more manufacturing happening someplace. You know, what, well, it's, what was It's the, Microsoft, so hoping it's products right services because they do service products true yeah. true true okay so they uh a couple of different questions were asked regarding the study um one question was if your pay is constant how many days a week do you want to work so what do you guys say three zero the correct answer is zero <laughs> <laughs> i'll be home half an hour work bo yeah well you got to keep your mind a little busy uh, yeah, I'll be at Starbucks. It said 34% right. said a four-day four work week. Okay, so for actual um, productivity gains, I'm trying to see what they're citing as the... Okay, four-day work weeks made headlines around the world in the spring of 2018 when Perpetual Guardian, a New Zealand trust management company, announced a 20% gain in employee productivity and a 45% increase in employee work-life balance after a trial of paying people their regular salary for working four days. I don't know. I mean, yeah. how do you, how do you gauge anybody's productivity? I guess you say how much more productive do you feel, or do you measure the number of emails? That yeah, come exactly. Out of yeah, yeah. So I don't well, know. I would hope it's. Why are you pooing on this? We want to get the propaganda <laughs> out that says working less is better. Yeah. So, so let's say you guys could work three days a week. How would you structure those three days? I'd probably work three twelve-hour days. 
I don't know, but I just or your three eight hour days. Oh, you mean okay? <laughs> well, I would probably I would I would want it to be almost been like when I feel like working, I work, and when I don't feel like working, I don't work. Okay, so you'd be yeah. like totally ambiguous. Like every day, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Mm. Lance? Well, that would be ideal to just work whenever you feel like working. Uh, I would definitely shift my start time of work. I think my body is on mountain time <laughs> <laughs> in an eastern time zone world. Uh, so I would do that. And I think I think three and a half, four days is probably about right. Um, the two-day like, week. Like, would you do it back to back to back or you just spread them out like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? I would do back to back. Yeah, yeah, I think I think for continuity, I, I, I would get into a groove. And I think I would also, uh, especially in the beginning, I think I would be more productive. I would feel like, okay, I'm only here for a certain amount of time. Let me, I'm not like have, be a little bit more focused, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm, I, I do, I do wonder what the actual mechanism by which the productivity increased was. But just, you know, here at the Junto show, we work once Every two weeks? Every so often? <laughs> I think every so often is probably the actual we've probably, we've probably gone overboard with this policy, apparently. <laughs> I'd be right. Okay, next topic. And this is a, an interesting one to me. All right. America's largest milk producer filed for bankruptcy. Uh, Dean Foods, uh, a 94-year-old company, has struggled in recent years because Americans are drinking less cow's milk. 2019 has been particularly bad. Its sales tumbled 7% in the first half of the year and profit fell 14% in just the first half of the year. And if you look at the, the chart of like their sales over time and their stock price or whatever, ooh, buddy, it's bad. So a big part of it is a lot of these uh, alternative milks coming out. Mm-hmm. I myself have switched from, I mean, I'm a pretty big milk drinker, and to be honest. I cereal and I like the taste of milk. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of gross to drink cow's milk. People have been saying that. <laughs> Don't too. think about it that way. Yeah, people have been saying it for forever, and it, you know, it makes sense. And then also I'm going vegetarian-ish, so I tried oat milk while we were on our trip. Mm. And I've switched out all the way to oat milk now. And it's you great. like oat milk? I like oat milk. Oh, okay. It, right. They need a new name for it. It sounds nasty. <laughs> and then there's like soy milk, which I heard is bad for boys because it'll give you memories. Okay. And then um, uh, you got your nut milk, which I'm never saying again, <laughs> your almonds and whatnot. And uh, I think there's a few different kinds. And I think it's all the alternatives are like killing the regular milk game. And I think I am totally okay. Like save the cows. We need less cows. Because of the farts causing the global warming and also animal cruelty. Uh, these cows are just like some if you crazy milk machines all their entire lives doing that. And I'm not cool with that if you think about it. So I uh, am cool with the redefinition of milk being these plant-based uh, weird hippie alternatives. Wait, is, is that company arguing also that those other drinks shouldn't be called milk? I'm, I think there's a separate thing I might have talked about on the show. I know they're, the, the meat people are trying to get you not be able to call Impossible Burger meat. And I think the milk people are trying to not let you call almond milk milk. Yeah, I, I have read that before. Not That's not related to this case per se, but that I think the two kind of go hand in hand in that they would want to keep the branding for milk being milk so that you only pour cow udder in your cereal and not this oat-based white garbage I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. So your uh, oat milk that you're drinking there, the pros are you know, it's good for vegans and it's high in fiber and antioxidants. Ah, yes, I love um, But the cons are not suitable for gluten-free people. Hmm. Okay. And is high in calories and carbs and lower in protein. And I, I grew up on soy milk. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did because yeah. I'm allergic to milk. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, Man, like, like six, like, seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. and, and actually, you, I, you didn't see my huge boobs. Not doing this podcast for your voice for your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've actually switched over to soy. Soy too. Uh, so soy is uh, high in protein, uh, which is just as much as in dairy. Uh, it's also full of iron, magnesium, um, and some other stuff. So the cons for soy, unfortunately, are with people with allergies. And um, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, no, and it'll, it, it does. I've, I think that is a real thing that it will feminize you if you drink too, if you have too, too much soy. That might soy. be a myth, man. Maybe you have to, like, I don't know, take showers in soy milk or something or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for that and to happen. I think it increases your estrogen levels or something like that. Yeah, and but I'm thinking that's like extremely high quantities, perhaps. No. I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe my levels are already pretty high. You guys are yelling at me and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that out. <laughs> We're a feminist podcast here. All right, and I think I uh, probably got enough time for one more story. Okay, so eagle-eared Junto Show listeners will recall an episode a while back where I went on a long rant about the uh, police pulling people over and using these faulty drug tests that were like maybe 50% accurate or something like that. Like, is this, this is the rant dumb? No, this is uh, the last uh, topic in high tech news. Okay. So I um, came across a headline or uh, an article in GQ that was like breathalyzers are horribly inaccurate and uh, there have been tens of thousands of DUIs and like driving drunk cases thrown out in the last few years because people have been challenging breathalyzer tests in, in court. And basically, so let me see, where is this article here? You know, that I've always wondered, uh, you know, when you see like lawyers and they're like, we'll fight for your DUI case in court, right? And I've always thought like, how can you fight a DUI case? Like you're the, you, you, the, the, the cop comes up and gives you a breathalyzer and that's that. What else are you going to do? You know, And that's uh, a lot of the cases are like that. Like it's once a jury sees that the scientific instrument says you had over the legal limit of alcohol in your system and they convict you most of the time. So, yes, yeah, true. But a savvy lawyer will ask things like it was the instrument calibrated. And a lot of these um, small cities and even some of the bigger cities are not properly calibrating these instruments. Uh, I In the story, they were like the, the coding and a lot, so it's proprietary, so you can't really get it. But when it's been tried in, in, in courts and they got the code back and had like impartial third parties look at the code in a lot of the breathalyzer machines, garbage, they were saying that they're uh, over 20% inaccurate as, uh, most of the time. And it seemed like in the article, every time that it was inaccurate, it was always up and never down. And they were saying that like some guy who, some engineer at the breathalyzer company, when he was getting false results back from the, um, the police department, he like just drilled a hole in the models and gave them all back to him to, to like open the airflow of it. It was just madness. So like I think 30,000 cases in one police department uh, got overturned and they were like just going crazy. So I, I don't even know what the moral of the story is so much as like I guess um, I noticed the general pattern of the police kind of just using these weird instruments like the, the, the things that you have faith in like lie detectors are useless. The drug tests that they're doing for, for cocaine and stuff that field drug tests are useless. The breathalyzer, useless. I'm just like, hey. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if you can say blanket useless. Nah. But you can. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> he just did. Yeah. But uh, you can see why if you do have like a DUI against you or something like that, that you could be falsely convicted. You know. So be and, careful. Hire a good lawyer. You know. And, and and if there were someone to blame for this whole thing, who do we blame for that? I'm not sure. I would blame the everyday cop driving around using these tools because. Yeah. They're just using the tools that are provided to them. They they 
I don't expect every individual cop to do some research saying, hey, how good is this device that my company has given me? So I, I just take it for wholesale value. Like, okay, well, this is the standard product that's been approved. I will use it. But somebody up the chain, I'm just saying somebody should be looking out for this and recognizing before I buy a thousand breathalyzer units, oh, yeah, the reports are bad on this. You know, I should be mindful of some of these yeah. things. So, like, well, the, the sheriff and the city council should approve a, a, a reputable company or a brand for the breathalyzer. Then the police department itself should calibrate them regularly and make sure they're good. And then also, um, Mm, judges should be mindful of whether or not they're useful, and then there needs to be. Well, the prosecutor—I mean, like the defense—the defense attorney is going to be the person that really holds everything accountable, too, right? I mean, if you if you have a good defense attorney, they're yeah. going to be they're going to shoot down the they're whole. That's the right question. Yeah, yeah, like they're going to ask, like, did you order the code red? But and <laughs> like, oh, what's code red? Baja blast. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel, that song. feel good, man. Tom Cruise. Oh. Oh. Did you, you goddamn right? I ordered the code red. I thought you were talking about Mountain Dew. Man, I was at Taco Bell earlier. Yeah. They have some type of Skittles icy. Licklish. But back on topic. Pardon. And, and but uh, the lawyers or whatever. I think you overestimate how much interaction a person has with a lawyer. You probably just plea your out. I think ninety-seven percent of cases plea out. Yeah, because the, the the smaller cases, especially sometimes you're you're your own attorney or something too. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah. You know, it it's not only the department policing itself. You have the defense attorney also advocating for their client. Yeah. All right. So just uh, be very skeptical. I mean, one, don't drink and drive. That is the, the paramount thing. But at the same time, uh, know your rights. And uh, if you are being falsely accused and you think you're under the, under the level, I don't know, get a good lawyer. Call Saul. <laughs> yep. Call Bo. Yeah. All right. And uh, and that's the hot take news for all of us here at News Center Four. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. We'll be right back after this. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to the captain's ready room. First officer Bo reporting. Science officer Lance calculating. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us for the next uh, edition of the Captain's Rare Room, the preferred place where the captain can hold private discussions and receive classified communications. All right, guys. I got a... Uh, this whole impeachment thing is really weighing on me now, right? There's such a huge percentage that are supporting Trump's perspective on this whole thing and a whole bunch of others um, that clearly see the wrong in this whole uh, quid pro quo or bribery or whatever you want to call it these days, right? And what's blown my mind is how can like almost half the population not see an ethical wrong here while the other half of the population sees clearly there's an ethical or moral wrong here, right? So how do we bridge that gap? Why are some people not seeing the ethical or morality of this whole uh, issue while others are seeing it so clearly right. okay and i guess we want to limit the discussion to the impeachment area and the and the actions that led to the impeachment as opposed to the previous anything you may disagree with from the previous uh yeah yeah for sure i i, I would even limit it even more to just to the fundamental philosophy of like morality ethics why is it throughout human history that you know you would think something like ethics, like killing somebody should be wrong, but perhaps not in all cases. If you're killing yep. a mass murderer or something, like 
maybe it's a justified case in that in that instance. So it's such a hard topic to unite humanity around. What are your thoughts on that? So I, I think it's a combination of two things. If I if I want to, in my personal view of the of the whole scenario, I think it is a combination of literal ignorance and motivated reasoning. So uh, an example of a thing that I brought up a while back, and I forget if it was on the, the premium episode or not, but that lady who was at um, Justin Amash's uh, town hall when he was talking about something that Trump had, had done, like the Mueller report, when the Mueller report came out, and some lady was like, man, before I went to your town hall, I didn't know that anything bad was in the Mueller report. I watched Fox News all day, and all they say was uh, no collusion and total exoneration. And he was like, well... And bad. So I think there's a good chunk of people who only get their news from Alex Jones and Fox News who literally only hear good things about the administration and so don't see the same information sources as the rest of us. And then I think the other people both have that and also have another combination of this is my dude. All you're trying to do is get him. I'm not going to let you get one over on me by getting my dude. So yeah, he plays a little dirty, but he's playing dirty for me. So I'm cool with it. You libtards can uh can go somewhere while I drink your tears in a in a good beer. All right, all right. So let me make sure we understand your two points. Point one, don't have all the information. If if a person were to have somehow access to full, unbiased, complete facts, they could then make the correct moral decision. Some percentage of some of the people will have some of their mind change. Yes, but still not everybody. Even For sure, with, not everybody. No. Even with complete, certain facts, unbiased, they would still make the wrong moral decision. A good chunk of people, yes. I have that number pegged between uh, fifteen and thirty percent of the population. Hmm. Follow yeah. my Twitter, and I have multiple <laughs> sources <laughs> where I where I cite this. That fifteen in between fifteen and thirty percent of the country is quote right. unquote deplorable. And, and then the uh, second point you're making, I I interpret that as like tribalism. Like, hey, this is this is my dude. This is part of my family, my tribe. You know, only I'm allowed to you know, criticize my own family members. Don't you dare criticize my own family here. I'm typically against the framing of tribes and tribalism. Um, but for the sake of this argument, and I think a term that most of the audience will recognize, sure. Right. But I want to go on record as pushing back on it. But I can't, <laughs> I can't fix it, though. <laughs> yeah. Bill, what are your thoughts on this one here? Uh, well, you know, I, I actually had a conversation today with someone and they, and it was, and it was, I guess, you know, we clearly, or at least, you know, we're in agreement that, you know, we think that Trump is a, is guilty of what he's being accused of and that thing is clearly wrong, mm-hmm. right? But to them, they didn't see it as a, a real wrong. When Trump did it. No, no, not when Trump, it just... It's just not a wrong thing. In your heart of hearts, you think if Obama did it, they would be cool with it? Well, no, but it's not like they would the this person um it didn't seem like it it bothered them. Because and Trump I, did it. Well, maybe it maybe could because because Trump did it. But I just couldn't figure out like how can you not tie what he did to in a wrong? Because it's him. No, but no, I I think it I think it goes both ways there though. I think it really does. Even if we had Obama in the office and he did something we might be thinking like, sounds good. Good job, Obama. Whereas the other side like, what? Are you serious? You guys don't see that? That is clearly morally wrong. And I might be 
so blinded that I would be unable to actually see that perhaps. Yeah. And so I was just trying to figure out like, how can I say that, how can I clearly delineate or at least tie back to, you know, like from like, if you have like a first principle of wrongness, Mm -hmm. right? How can you tie Trump's actions back to a first principle of wrongness? I I think my way, the way my worldview is set up now, uh, I think that that is a, an increasingly non-productive means of trying to uh, conduct your time. Well, I wouldn't even think of it like me as trying to convince someone of some other argument. Okay. But it's more like a mental exercise for me. Like, I think, if okay, so for a mental exercise, I think the way to do it would be to take all partisanship and names out of it and have it be a new thing and say, okay, yeah. if a person does this thing, uh, would it be good or bad? Because I think, like I said, I think a majority of it, I'd say in my mind, is motivated reasoning. This is this is my dude. I don't nothing. He can basically do no wrong. Right. So, like, if you just say in a vacuum, if somebody, yeah. so if John did, Doe, CEO of Acme Company, mm-hmm. uses his uh, his uh, CEO powers to negotiate a better price for him personally, you know, he's buying a house. Mm-hmm. Gets a personal break on it. That's wrong. Yep. Is it? Well, no. Well, that in that case, I don't think is it's it wrong. A, yeah, that's a bad example. <laughs> so what you want to do? So, so well, why is that a bad example? I don't, I don't, well, I mean, it, it doesn't feel as illegal as this thing. Well, it's two people <laughs> negotiating a price. Yeah, you you'd, know, have, so. you'd have to. But he's doing it for personal. He's using his CEO status to get a better price on his personal house. I mean, if I was Me, like a local radio host and I got a free dinner out of it, I'd be happy. Uh, I think that's illegal, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not that it doesn't happen all the time. Okay. But this almost proves the whole point, right? Like, where if we three is, are having a hard time distinguishing the I, morality I, of it, I just think that thing that, that one particular thing you said, I don't think it doesn't strike me as being that bad. Like, you could name some other thing that would be bad. Well, you say not as bad. Is it bad or good? Bad or okay? Uh, bad as, or okay. as described, it didn't bug me. I well, well, can we come up with like like a see to me that metaphor? was bad. To me, that was bad. I'm like, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't be able to do that. Why if, not? if you're using your, because c- you're abusing your CEO powers. What are CEO powers? Like, are you saying he like he, one of his underlings is is so like a CEO of some house company or whatever, and then he like put pushes like he pressures one of his people who work for him to do it or something? That's bad. I would say that's bad no matter who does it. Well, who you, knows? you could, but say, if he, but it's some random dude. Can, if I if I'm on on Zillow.com and I say, hey, I'm Lance, CEO of Junto Show Media. And then uh, okay, I'm, I'm I'll buy give a you house. less money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'll make less money off of you, rich person. Yeah, like yeah. or say somebody's like a hey, I'm a big shot. Uh, when they get pulled over by a cop or whatever, he's like, you know, I uh, I run the Junto show, and they're like, oh, I, your pro cop stance is really good, so we'll let you off. <laughs> like that doesn't bug me. And it, yes, it's two sided and it's not good or whatever, but like I don't think that person has committed a moral wrong per se. Now, if you, I think if you say a, a unnamed ambiguous person we have no history with pushes one of their subordinates to give them a break on something at the threat of losing their job or some rep- yeah. repercussion. I would say, yes, that is bad. Well, to probably, you're right. So to complete this, uh, my horrible metaphor, <laughs> it would be something like a, hey, 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 if you don't give me a deal, my personal house that you're going to build for me, then I'm not even going to pay you for the commercial building that you built for my company. Ah, uh, yes, the quick pro crow. Yeah, yeah, Wait, crow. Crow? <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, yeah, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so that's bad. See, but would everybody see that way? I wonder. I, uh, I think so. When, when it's a, for the majority of things, unless they have some other motivation. Now, now, for the sake of argument, I do wonder 
because I see a lot of these Trump people like just giving him so much benefit of the doubt. I'm like, I, and I'm a, I'm a pretty big Obama fan. I think I'm on record as saying that. Like, I wonder how much, and he was pretty clean. He did some things here and there, and I do criticize him for some things. But I wonder if he had, like, if he really pushed the envelope, like how much? Yeah, how much would we? How much would him? I have put up right. with before? I don't think it would have got to the level I'm seeing now. Yeah, but I also don't it. think he would have ever done it. I, I could hear a lot of people saying that, like, um, oh, if you if you let uh, the the you know the administration get away with you know pressuring the Ukrainians to do X, Y, and Z, then a president Bernie Sanders will do the same thing. I'm like, I don't think he would. So I think it's I think it's very one sided. Like it's a it's a threat that will never really come true. I don't think that the the liberals are as inclined to push the limits of. Uh, the rules as much as the conservatives are. But I tell you, it's wow. uh, it's it's our perception that when I talk to uh, uh, hardcore Trump supporters, they cannot believe the the crazy stuff that Democrats get away with. I would love to hear these examples, like the, the, like the Hillary people were like Hillary, it, it will ruin the country if she if she gets elected. I'm like, how? I, I, I'm willing to listen to you if you could just explain to me the negative things that would like the health care for everybody, like that's bad in your mind. Because it, no, what, I, like, I, give me the because. I'm just saying. I, I think there are like a lot of, and, and, and hence the whole lock her up, lock her up type of chant, right? There's a lot of people out there that believe that Democrats do a lot of shady stuff out there. Pelosi, Hillary, I guess Schiff is now part of this whole bandwagon. And I was like, they're, I don't know. I'm key, just key, key example. A lot of stuff key example. What did they want to lock Hillary up for? The uh, servers. Because she, because she sent. Um, Unclassified, unclassified emails on a private server. There are reports of uh, Ivanka, Jared Kushner, Don himself, Donald Trump himself, you know, and a bunch of other people doing that exact same thing. Well, I think we're not a peep. I think we're segueing a little bit in on a tangent. First of all, completely agree with you, Lance. Completely agree with you, right? Like when you're comparing apples to apples, it's not apples to apples. Like you know, the, to me, it seems like the the Republicans are like doing watermelon level type crime, right? So, but. But when I try to have this conversation with, let's say, a Trump supporter, and they bring up, like, let's say, this quid pro quo thing, and they're like, well, look into Hunter Biden. Look how shady that is. They, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, I'm not arguing that point right now. Maybe he did do something extremely shady. Maybe Biden, Joe, Hunter should be held accountable for something. But in this conversation, I do want to talk about solely what Trump did. But I think we, I don't think we can ever get there. I don't think we can ever get to. Like one topic at a time, because if Hunter Biden and Joe Biden did do something wrong, we should look into that, and we should go yeah. figure out if there's something wrong, and someone should be held accountable to that for sure. But, my, but one issue at a time. And my point is that it's the majority of their reasoning is based on who's doing it. So, like, oh, I agree. That same agree. that same person would say that Hunter Biden say Hunter Biden should be put in jail for what he did, yeah. and then it, so you say. Uh, Trump did this, and and they'll say Hunter Biden did the same thing, yeah. and then you say so. Okay, so should they both go to jail for five years? No, like Hunter Biden should, but no, not, no, no. But not it, Trump. it should be all due to the levels, right? I think if I think if you said they did the same thing, they would. It, you could probably convince them to to say that Hunter Biden would get a more harsh punishment than they would want for Trump for doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they would say, probably. If that's what you're saying, but you were right. I, I, and the only thing I'm saying, I'm saying now is like. If we're going to talk about Hillary's, Hillary and her emails and her servers, whatever she did wrong or not, let's talk only about that. Not Let's not sprinkle in what Ivanka's been doing or everybody else is doing, right? Let's talk about that solely. Is that wrong? Did she do something wrong there? If so, let's hold her accountable to that. 
Next case, Ivanka. What does she do wrong with the emails and the servers? Hold okay. her accountable. Next case. So yes, yes and no to that, right? Yeah. So I understand the frustration about people. Uh, what's it called? Um, what aboutism? What aboutism is very frustrating. Yeah. But at the same time, I've caught myself doing it too, and and so I want to be, you know, real with the audience here that like I do think context matters. I bring that up a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say, like, uh, Hillary used a private email server. But then so did also Colin Powell and uh, Condoleezza Rice and everything. Okay, if it's a thing that everybody does, then you should weigh that in at some point in time. Or like a lot of the liberals hate on Obama because he was did a lot of drone strikes. But I'm like, well, if every president does drone strikes, then you can't really say he's a bad president because he does drone strikes. It's a thing that presidents do. So it's like, eh, I'm not sure. I don't yeah, buy that. I don't I buy don't that. Buy that oh, I feel bad, strongly about that. Bad this. is bad. Yeah, whether you do it one yeah, time, a yeah. hundred times. Yeah, okay, it is bad. For oh, sure. see, that's why Bo. That's why Bo peeped up there. Bad Bo, is bad. Bo yeah. peep. <laughs> but it, it is bad. But at the same time, you can't say that he is a worse president than the next president because of that. No, but if all presidents do it. But I think your argument that you know, if Trump does it and gets away with it, that Bernie Sanders wouldn't do it, I think is <laughs> is probably I don't think correct either because you know you Bernie Sanders might do a lot of things that Trump would do, you know. I wouldn't think so, but you know what I mean? Like when 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 one president does it, it the next president invariably does some will do some flavor of this thing. No, I think I th- I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that the the Trump administration and the conservatives of late in general are uniquely pushing the limits of their constitutional powers. Like I don't think 30 different uh democratic co- congresses will hold up a Supreme Court nomination like the Republicans did with Mary Garland. I don't think that that's going to happen. Given the exact same circumstances, in even more favorable circumstances, I don't think they would do it. Well, <laughs> I, I, heard a, I heard a blip and then I, <laughs> that totally ruined my train of thought, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're playing hardball in a way that, uh, that the, the, the Democrats don't. And I have a whole rant about it that I'll do over beers one day. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for the most part we agree agree with each other i i am very frustrated when we can't keep on a singular topic without doing the what aboutism what aboutism yeah. that, that bothers me quite a bit we're like oh i just let's isolate this one because it's the same f- sensation i get when we try to talk about gun control they they try to talk about well what about these other things what about some oh of these like other if you did background checks it wouldn't stop this right. killing or or just about anything what about education what about gun education what about i don't know all these other ways of solving uh mass shootings yeah but let's not talk about the actual gun control in in most it. cases it is a a, yeah. a, a bad uh frustrating tactic but I, I do want to say context does matter now if or not you're doing it for the for altruistic not altruistic I mean, but, but, if you're doing context to talk about that singular issue i think that's worth it i think if we're talking about hillary clinton the email servers and then you bring up the fact that somebody else got jailed for it for five years like oh okay that's good to know there's a baseline or there's a data point out there right or wrong that's just a data i think i agree with that data either but there's a data point out there but as long as we keep relevant to that topic i think i take that that would be interesting so let me just end the segment on two uh tidbits of information as we continue to wrestle with our own personal ethical or moral um, opinions on uh, on the matter. One might be the utilitarian theory, which is what's best for everybody? What is best for the general society? 
yep. and let that maybe be, um, you know, a uh, influence on how you think about things. The other one too is uh, Confucianism, right? The, do not do unto others as you not want done unto yourself. Wait, what? Do you, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> Bo. Well, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> so. you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, like don't treat somebody the way you would not want to be treated. Why are you just saying you're just saying the golden rule, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's a nuance to the golden rule. Do okay, I understand. I don't think what, it is. A, what I think no you're trying to say is rule. do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what Confucius said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's the golden rule. Have you heard of the platinum rule? Ooh, it's the platinum one. It's not do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's do unto others as they want to be done. What about the what's what's higher than platinum these days? Um, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the Bitcoin rule, man? One one zero one 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 zero zero zero. Do something onto them, but don't let them know where it came from. <laughs> yeah, and, and hide it in four different ledgers. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for uh, attending the Captain's Radio Room, and uh, we'll see you on the next segment. Transfer of data is complete. Welcome back to the Junto Show. I'm Bo. I'm Johnny. And I'm Lance. And welcome to our world-famous pop culture segment, where we learn about what's new, what's hip, what's hot, and how we feel about it. All right. And how do you feel about it, Johnny? Feeling good, man. I've always done my homework, and uh, this episode is no exception. I'll start off with my favorite, Netflix stuff. I can't wait. Oh, man. I saw The King. Y'all know this? King Henry, right? King Henry. So I was like, Elvis or Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Pop or rock and roll? What is Elvis the king of? Rock. King of rock, not rock and roll? Yeah. Rock and roll. El- Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Who's the king of rock and roll? Rock Elvis. And roll. Elvis. And roll, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got the rock and the roll. Ah, Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So The King is a new Netflix movie that just got dropped. It's about the wayward prince and heir to the English throne. He's crowned King Henry V after his father dies. Now the young king... Wait, he went from third to fifth? No, no. Oh. Oh, I thought he was known as a black prince. Mm, Go on. Black swan. Black swan? Black swan? I thought it was a black prince. Because he dressed in black armor. Anyway, so so now he's got to navigate the policies, the, the, the palace intrigue and politics... In a in a war that's kind of been left behind too. Which war? Um, with the French. So this is eighteen. No, way before that. Seventeen. This is like almost like War of the Roses kind of deal. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen hundreds. Ah. Catapults. Catapult times. Ah, trebuch- yeah. the trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of good uh, actors in here. We've got the uh, king himself, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Ah, yes. Right. His uh, his uh. Best friend what in the movie. I, I hear that name a lot. What is he famous for? All right, go on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the King. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, obviously. One of our favorite actors, Joe Edgerton, is yeah, in it. I do like him. And he actually was one of the writers as well. We've got uh, Sean Harris, who played the uh, villain in the last couple of Mission Impossible movies. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yep. And then we also have um, Ben uh, Mendelsohn. Like him too. So, fantastic cast. So I gotta warn the audience: if you watch this, it is a slow, emo, kind of gray and dreary type movie. But if you can bear with it and watch it all the way through, I think it's got a lot of style, and the story is fantastic. Oh yeah, one more actor too: uh, Robert Patterson. Oh yeah, 
is in it too. Do we like him? So I do. Um, I probably the more he acts, I probably like him better. I bet he's probably a much better actor than I give him credit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. think so. Do we like this movie, Johnny? I like this movie. You don't like this movie. Hmm. Okay. So I'm glad you led with this one. So it's a historical, yeah, a movie about a real historical figure, and but but I think it probably benefits from the average person not being very familiar with the story. Yeah, so, I don't think you need to know anything about the story. I think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so my point being, because uh, I watched the Harriet Tubman movie, mm. and so it was getting a lot of um, bad press and a lot of like a uh, black Twitter was up in arms over it because it wasn't historically accurate mm. from what because people are familiar with Harriet Tubman's story. So when you take uh, license with the characters and the story and, and something like that, and also slavery is a pretty fraught topic, but I'm sure people feel strongly about the War of the Roses too. And so no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm. I, I've been thinking a lot about where the how much story you can put into a, a historical thing before you're better off just using a whole new character as opposed to a historical person like that. Because cause, um, I think that a lot of the criticisms that the Harriet movie, which was okay, not great, uh, got were unfounded, but it was kind of a – like so much of this, the story was bad that I wouldn't like send a, a school to watch it to like learn about Harriet Tubman for real besides – Learning that she frees slaves and stuff like that, you know, you would you would fail, you would get a C on the Harriet Tubman test. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I I don't know the history of this movie too well, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and just guess it would probably be closer to B. I know Joe Edgerton's character is a made up character. I see. Well, so so you can't believe that one. But besides that, though, all the other uh, characters are from historical yeah basis. And uh, the the probably the one thing that it, if you're more of a I don't know about like a history buff, but King Henry he was the one that led the battle of for the uh, the English against the French at the Battle of Agincourt, which is ah yes I oh oh don't say that that's, led off with that man I just say that's out of all like that's the that's like the only medieval battle that I know mm-hmm. me <laughs> is too. the Battle of Agincourt yeah. <laughs> so, I guess how long I've been knowing about it <laughs> yeah so anyway so check that out Ron Tomato is is that too much to spoil if I do the Ron Tomato scores. What did we say? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Go ahead. Uh, users, 85%. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's all I got. Go. Okay. So, um, I, uh, let's see. Oh, I watched Red Sparrow at the house. I've had the, the Red Sparrow DVD from Netflix because I am the guy that still gets Netflix DVDs. I've had it at my house for probably three months. <laughs> and I finally finished it uh, a couple of days ago. And it was good. Not great. Um, it didn't, it wasn't very action packed in, uh, and there weren't as many twists as I was hoping for, for some type of a uh, spy movie. It was just like, you could see the thing coming when it came, but, um, I, th- I thought it was solid though. It, I thought it was solid for what it was, what it did. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it and it didn't blow my mind, but it was fine. What if they renamed that movie Black Widow? Instead of uh, Jennifer Lawrence, that uh, they had Scarlett Johansson, I, I think that movie would have been perfectly fine. No, I would have hated it way more because Black Widow, as I know it, is a character that goes around fighting grown men and superheroes with uh, lasers and all kind of uh, stuff like that, and there was barely any fighting in that movie. I don't know how they're gonna make this Black Widow movie because I felt like Red Sparrow was the origin story. No, the Black Widow movie is going to be a fun, action-packed movie where she's uh, doing uh, spin kicks on people and uh, DDTs and stuff. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think in the comic books, that's their background. Yeah, no, I know. It'll just be that same thing, but with more action. 
I'm I'm, I'm yeah. fine with the the background. It, the background was very similar. Yeah, but it's just it didn't have as much fights. Like yeah. there will be forty percent more punches yeah. in Black Widow, yeah. and then also probably some type of type of a uh, woman villain, which would be cool too. All right, all right, Bo. Uh, so let's see. So I haven't really done too much as far as multimedia, but I did get into one show, mm. and the one show I did get into, I showed you guys a a, oh. <laughs> a clip from it earlier. It is um, I'm I'm trying to butcher this guy's name. It's a Guinea Tartovatsky. I was going to try to get you to say his name. I think it's in my mind. I say Genevieve Tartakovsky. Yeah, let me or Gindi. I think Gindi. It's something. I think I have. I've heard it spelled. I mean, said before, and it's not either of those things. We haven't gotten close yet. Well, so he's he's come up with a, a new the show. Founder, the maker of Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab. Uh, let me see what other movies he's he's uh, uh, taken. Clone into. Wars. Yep, Clone Wars. Uh, uh, he so he came up with this uh, this cartoon um, network show uh, Primal, and at its heart it is a buddy story mm-hmm. uh, where these two buddies are joined in tragedy. It's based in a uh, largely made up prehistorical society where you know dinosaurs and mam woolly mammoths kind of uh, go together and uh, creationism. And uh, <laughs> yeah, who knew Gindy Tartakovsky was or Tartakovsky was in the creation, but. Uh, so these this uh, hunter uh, named Spear gets paired up with a Allosaurus named Fang, and Fang has a one giant tooth. And so then they go around um, realizing that they are better together than they are separate, and so they become an. Does, does he like? Does Fang talk? No, there's actually no dialogue in the show. Man, that's there's so nothing. There's no talking, and I will say it is a fantastic show. What a very bow thing. But mm-hmm. have you seen? Um, What's that Mel Gibson movie? The, the one I, I don't like to admit that I like. Uh, Payback. Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Have you seen yeah, Apocalypto? I liked it. Yeah, it's such good. a good movie for a movie like with very little talking. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they just talk in. Oh yeah, native they do talk in the Incan or something like that. Yeah. So if if you're if you're a fan of um, let's see, I used to watch Metalocalypse, and it's kind of like that. <laughs> I like that show. Too. Um, <laughs> I never heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, it's. I I I never saw all of the latest latest season of Samurai Jack, but I'm guessing if you like Samurai Jack, you're gonna like this. Oh, this is it's, it, so the the clip you showed me was way more violent than Samurai yeah, Jack. Yeah, this is like this is a buddy show with ultra violence. Yes, ultra violence. And it really lives up to the name Primal, um, and I highly recommend it if you are into ultra violence. All right, and that's probably and Genity Tartakovsky is yeah. a good storyteller. So I'm uh I think I might put that on the yeah. list. Now the only one thing that I will say is that I think if the show hits its stride, usually there's like the the best the best shows I think that I really like have you can has a short compact story, but as you watch the episodes, there seems to be larger arcs that kind of go throughout these um uh throughout the storyline. And those I think are the best shows. Mm-hmm. Uh and so far I, I they they haven't got to the point where they get to these longer arcs so when you watch it you can you can watch almost almost uh if you after you watch like the first episode you could just ping pong around essentially okay um how many of them are out there's only five so that's why they haven't hit their stride yet like nowhere even close but okay i'm with it all right so back to netflix so netflix recently floated the idea of letting you stream video at uh up to 1.5 times speed Anybody that's listened to me talk or uh, knows I like my audio and my video fast. In fact, I watched Red Sparrow by 1.5 speed. No. Yeah, if you if you have a DVD on the PlayStation, you can speed it up. 
And it's great. <laughs> Horrible idea. Now, so I, I'm really hoping that. So when Netflix said that they were thinking about letting people stream their their videos faster, I'm like, great, I can get through my long ass Netflix queue a little bit faster. Same with my podcast. But then all the content creators, I think Judd Apatow in particular, was like, if Netflix, if you allow people to speed up my my baby, my my media that I poured my heart and soul into, then I'm going to pull all the content that I have on there, and I'm going to get every content creator I know to pull their content too. And I was like, come on, buddy, be cool, bro. Yeah, that seems weird. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I mean, I get it from like the content creator's point of view. Like they worked really hard on this, but it's like, yeah, no, if I'm, a person wants to watch it, like fast forward, like who cares? <laughs> yeah, like should we not let uh, the DVDs uh, have the to skip skip scene function? Interesting premise here. Like I thought about this, and I was initially on the side of the uh, creators because I created this thing. I meant it for a certain reason. I meant for it to be consumed a certain way. This is how my art should be received, right? It's like, like I'm staring at a poster right now of artwork. That's oh, the yeah. that that is the attention of the artist to show me the picture that way. If I took that picture and I made it black and white, or if I cut out certain things from it, it's not what the artist intended anymore. Yeah, I could do that, but that's not what the artist intended. Do you think the artist should like, I don't know. Have be able to restrict your ability to make it black and white if you wanted to. It's a tough call. Again, it's not an easy yes for me because, again, if I go in a museum, right? That's a that's the art that's there and is definitely displayed in the way that the artist wanted me to receive it. Mm-hmm. And no, I should not be able to touch that, obviously, because that's the way it's supposed to be. If if every person walking through, you know, could adjust the painting or adjust the sculpture to like, oh, you know, I think it looks better this way or no, let me adjust the lighting on this thing. This is, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny, you are a content creator. Do you mind if people listen to our podcast at double speed? Yeah. So it's a good point. I think it depends on the intent of the artist. Mm -hmm. I think the three of us would agree. Just listen to it, please. <laughs> just listen to the Junto anywhere you can. I don't care. On the toilet, wherever. Just listen to the Junto episodes. Okay, so yeah. I'm willing. But as an artist, depending on how much craft and time and like the, I just talked about the movie The King. I don't think it matters with its craft and time. Uh, uh, like The King, it's it's meant to be a slow emo type quality movie. Speeding that up too fast would lose the the impact it would have. As, as intended. Maybe it'll impact you differently, but that's not the intention. But here's the thing, though: it will yeah. never impact me if I never watch it because it's so slow and, and, and at at regular speed. But I will watch it if I can speed it up. So would you rather it never hit me at all if it can't hit me right? Man, if I feel like if I was a very like not a starved artist, like if I was a, a very well accomplished artist, I would say no. I don't want you to consume it then. I intended it for a certain way, and that's how I wanted to. I would you to consume it. I would be curious to see how many of the people actually cared. Like, I think if you really yeah. feel strongly about it, then like maybe that you should have you should be able to say, hey, "All right, for the first couple years, or maybe indefinitely, of my thing being on your platform, you can't speed it up." But if you don't care, then do it. As opposed to like it never being an option yeah. for anything, right? Because uh, Judd Apatow. Is restrictive. I'm like, okay, well, if Judd Apatow doesn't want it, then movies that he is the dude behind, you can't do it. I'm well, fine with that. So, time for another. Uh, well, see, I, I, okay. no, I don't think. I think the people should do whatever they want. Like, I agree. 
I think the your metaphor for the museum is not quite correct in the sense that... No surprise. <laughs> in the sense that, you know, in digital media, if I basically download and stream it on me, it's essentially like instead of going to, an, to a museum and then each person going up there and adjusting the art piece for everybody, it's almost like I made a poster and then I'm sitting with a box full of 100 posters and some guy comes up to me and says, hey, can I buy your poster? And I go, here. And he's and he and he picks it up and goes, "This will make great toilet paper," you know. And then I'm like, "Well, here's my money. Go at it." You okay. Know, well, I don't also, a bad example. Here's the right. <laughs> here's the right example. Remixing songs, or or you know, have you heard of chop chopped and screwed songs? Or like even if you yeah. do a dance mix to a song or something like that, I think um, that is the better alternative. Like it's a different version of a thing that yes. people are experiencing a different way. And the, I think the, those are fine. We all accept that. The only yep. difficulty though is when you do a remix of something. Is it is attributed to the new artist, mm, right? Like yeah, maybe, sometimes, I yeah, guess maybe may, may, maybe yeah. you pay tribute to the original artist as well. So you, just so you know, you're not totally ripping off and claiming original originality on this thing. Yeah, the yeah. problem is going to be though when we watch movies, we watch it at two times the speed or whatever, and we think, well, that movie sucked. You know, they kind of rushed through things and felt like it. I, would, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't feel that way. Maybe you not. Somebody would, and then it, it'll. Get out there into like reviews and pop culture impacted Rotten Tomato scores, and all of a sudden that artist, the director, is like, "Oh man, not a problem. That, that yeah. is not a problem." Yeah. They'll have they'll so, have two Rotten Tomato scores. They'll have one regular <laughs> speed and then a really quick one. Speed. <laughs> uh, so, so the same people that I think the uh, equal number of people. I don't even I don't think that's a problem. People that say movies are slow as it is now. So I think if you speed up a slow movie, you're good to go. <laughs> I think movies are fast now. Those are good movies. <laughs> okay, next thing. Next thing. Thank you for humoring me on that. Uh, I guess side note, so I do listen to my podcast at double speed and maybe triple, whatever. And so every so often, a podcast will have music in it. And so I'm used to hearing all the music real fast that plays in the podcast. So then when I hear it, there are some songs I've only heard sped up. And then when I hear them regular speed, I don't like them as much. <laughs> but I think I'm a fast-paced brain dude. All right. Uh, so let's see next thing I saw okay so I watched the first episode of Watchmen the new HBO show and it looks to be a uh, super woke good show about a lot of blackness so I like that (laughs) (laughs) sold yeah really (laughs) I was like hey look at look at Netflix I mean uh, HBO making a show specifically for your boy Lance shout out to that so far so good Um, I think it would help if you watched the movie but um, I like it so far and I'm going to keep watching well, right. would it really help? I mean, there's only a couple scenes that I saw that I could probably glean that when you watch the movie. It helps you understand the universe that you live in. Some, as much as like growing up in America and knowing that the Earth is round and that there are other countries helps you understand how, how the world works. Like it doesn't affect your day to day knowing that China's over there. But you know, oh, okay, you're, you're a better person for it. So when they say that Vietnam was the other state, then yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also throw out there, I'm starting to watch uh, His Dark Materials on HBO as well. I saw the first one. Um, you saw the first two? Uh, one and a half right now. Ran out of time for the second episode. Is the second one more action-packed or noticeably better than the first? It's about the same. Maybe a little more um, action in there. Maybe a little bit. So I've heard from people that have, some of the people that got like screeners, that um, I think about halfway through, it really picks up quite picks a bit up, yeah I, I mean i think i'm already invested for the whole series so Same. i'm uh i'm game for it it stars uh daphne keen you may be familiar with her from the fantastic and amazing movie called logan mm. 
<laughs> she was good in it. <laughs> she wasn't a problem with that movie. This also stars one of my other favorite actors, uh, also known as Professor X, uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, ah. I like him. And uh, is he still ripped? <laughs> <laughs> the Beast. Yeah, <laughs> the Beast. Um, also, another good actor in there is uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. I see him in the previews. Ah, coming. Yeah, my Eventually boy. coming. Yeah, yeah. And an otter. A lot of otter action in there. Maybe not otter. What's the thing? What's a, a land otter called? Polar bear? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a weasel? A ferret? Yeah, a ferret. <laughs> a ferret. It, it's starting to get to the point, too, where uh, as we watch any other show, we'll start recognizing characters from Game of Thrones, actors and actresses from Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're going to, HBO's going to sprinkle them in there. <laughs> they're yeah, coming yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, Littlefinger's been in, like, four HBO shows. <laughs> oh, wow. And he's in The Wire, and I think, like, two or three other things I've seen him in. All right, uh, Bo, anything else? Nope. Okay, let's see. Do I have anything else I want to recommend to the gang? Oh, Zombieland 2 is okay. And if you like the first one, first the next one's pretty good. This season of South Park was not as good as it could have been. And uh Last was eh, all right, the the trilogy that finishes Unbreakable and Split. Oh you oh you watched um, Mr. Glass or Glass, yeah. yeah you watched it? Yeah. Do I right. need to go back and watch the other one? Because like I've seen Unbreakable and maybe the other one, but I don't remember them. Do I need to nah, watch it? You're other? fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, Unbreakable is a good movie, so you should just watch that anyway. True. So all right. Fair enough. But it's very slow, but once you watch it at two times speed, it'd be fantastic. I know, right? Man, I want that so bad. Hell, maybe I can. I'll just get the DVD. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks for listening to another action-packed and excellent day episode of The Junto Show. We appreciate your time and your listening. We would also appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and or spreading the word on social media or sending the podcast to one of your friends and or family. You've got a long holiday coming up here in Thanksgiving, and you're going to hang out with them. Might as well sit around the Thanksgiving table, and instead of talking about politics, talk about the Junto Show. Much better. Much more fun. <laughs> so, uh, Johnny, you want to remind our fans what they can do to help support? Of course. Patreon.com slash, I was going to say the Ventura, but no, no, <laughs> slash Junto Show, and uh, where you can contribute a buck or two to uh, help us uh, keep on doing this. Yeah, and you'll get a bonus episode. In this bonus episode, we talked about uh, impeachment. I don't know if we covered that. All right, so uh, until next time, signing off, I'm Lance. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bo. Have a good day. Bye.